Hello, and welcome to the recap by Dive Collective. Over the next few minutes, we're going to hit the highlights of the last week's reading from our reading plan. Annika and I, and sometimes Kelly, are excited to invite you along as we read through the Bible together. You can find our reading plan at divecollective.org. It's a free download when you sign up for our newsletter. We know some love the accountability of a checklist, while others thrive from the freedom to join in whenever your schedule allows. The recap is intended to meet all of those needs. So whichever category you fit into, just know we're excited to have you here with us today. Welcome back. This is the May 8th episode of the recap. We are in numbers still, Psalms, and we finished up Ecclesiastes and we are into Isaiah. Go for it. Are you starting at nine numbers? Yeah, sort of. I felt like all of the sections this week were full of a lot of the the hard stuff about God, the side of God that we don't really like to talk about as much, like his anger and his justness and the way he feels about sin. I kind of loved it. I did too, because (laughs) there were so many times where I was like, this is the hard stuff. But then I felt really grateful for the gospel almost every time I opened my Bible this week because I felt like there were so many. <laughs> for me, it was more, I could just kept saying like with Miriam and with Cora, I was like, God is my defender. Right. God is my defender. And I was just like, you know, smite them, Lord, smite them. Like, <laughs> yeah. And see, I'm like, I'm like putting myself in the shoes of Miriam, what it would be like to be outside the camp. Yeah, but even just thinking about the fact, when you think about Miriam and Aaron rebelling, and then Korah and his whole rebellious thing. For the same thing, basically, right? Right. God is just. When we read about the way God responds to that, it sounds awful and like he's overreacting and it's terrible. And yet... God is holy. He can't, he has to respond that way to sin. That's who he is. When I was reading about in Numbers 14, they go before that in 13, they send the scouts out to Canaan, you know, like 10 were bad and two were good. They come back and Joshua and Caleb are the only ones that say, you guys, we can take this place. God is on our side. It's going to be fine. Everyone else says, no, we can't. Then in 14, God is speaking to Moses and Aaron and basically saying, oh my goodness, how long do I have to listen to these people complain about me? Like I'm get, he's, God's getting really tired. In verse 26, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, how long must I endure this evil community that keeps complaining about me? This is when God says that they're not going to enter the promised land. They're going to have mm-hmm. to wander for 40 years. And then at the end of that section, verse 40, 36, So the men Moses sent to scout the land who returned and incited the entire community to complain about him by spreading a negative report. They were struck down by the Lord. Only Joshua and Caleb remained alive of the men who went to scout the land. And they complain. God gets rid of the guys who are inciting all of this. Then in verse 39, Moses reported these words to the Israelites and the people were overcome with grief. So what do they do? They Uh, get up the next morning. We got this. They go up up to the hill. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, shoot. We get it, God. We screwed up. We're going to go fix it. Let's go to the place the Lord promised we were wrong. But now they're going against what God has said, right? Because God has told them something different. But they still do it anyway, and they get completely wiped out by the Amalekites and the Canaanites. And it just made me think about how 
we can't solve our problem. Even when we try to fix it, even when we see what we've done wrong and we might, we can't, we're broken. We cannot solve our problem. And so that was like the first part where I was like, you're totally preaching to me right now. You know that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wasn't thinking that, but kind of, I mean, that's what I had. Like, it's all on God's terms. Everything is on God's terms. And in the gospel, he is like, you don't even have, you can't do this. So I'm going to do it for you. And so that was like the first part where I just was feeling just really grateful for the gospel. But then like you keep going and you read about Torah and their rebellion. And then in Psalms, Psalm 50, God as judge. So that's what the whole thing is about is that God is telling them, see, God is the judge. Listen, my people, and I will speak. I will testify against you, Israel. I am God, your God. And then he's saying, I don't rebuke you for your sacrifices or burnt offerings. They're always before me. And then in verse 16, God says to the wicked, what right do you have to recite my statutes and take my covenant on your lips? You hate instruction and fling my words behind you, which is exactly what Korah did, right? He wanted to take, he was like, why, why do Moses and Aaron get all the glory basically? And God, God says that, I don't think I underlined it. I can't find the spot I'm thinking about, but he says, somewhere in that number 17 core thing, basically, that that's what they, they despised the men. They've despised the Lord. They, they didn't want to listen to what God had told them to do. I just wanted to take a quick break and let you know if you're enjoying our reading plan, but you're looking to dive deeper into the text using the Bible as your source, you'll love our dive studies. Our first study is the book of Galatians. We'll dive deep into one chapter per week. You'll have the option to participate in live online video discussions with Annika and I and the rest of the Bible study group, or simply follow along in the discussion in our Facebook groups. Our next studies begin May 12th, so be sure to sign up at divecollective.org before we start. And hopefully, we'll see you soon. So yeah, I just, Psalm 50 and 51 and 52, I read those three Psalms right after I read Yep. For a passage. And in 50, God's basically saying like, I'm, I'm going to judge you. Like you don't have a right to say that you're God because you're not, I am. Mm-hmm. And then in 51, David's like confessing how we are all Korah. You know what I mean? Like we are rebels. We, all, that is what we deserve. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking of it from this perspective this week, as I'm like reading this about Korah, recognizing that that is my heart. My heart is evil. And yet God, according to his faithful love, okay, in 51, the very beginning, be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love, according to your abundant compassion, blot out my rebellion. And he does, he does it. And the thing that stuck out to me, and that was compassion. And I know we talk about God as compassion before. It's not, this isn't the only place we talk about God as compassionate toward us, but compassion, it's not just, oh, I feel sorry for you. It's like a, relating in sympathy. Yes. Yes. And so God, like that, that other Psalm we haven't gotten to yet, but he knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust. He gets it. He has abundant compassion and he gets that we are sinful humans has his, his faithful love over and over and over in every single one of those, maybe not in 50. Um, but in 51 and 52, that's one of those phrases I like am paying attention to in the Psalms. Mm -hmm. They both mention God's faithful love. And then Isaiah too. Isaiah is the same thing. Like I was really excited to see Isaiah on the thing this week because I feel like the prophets, I've been looking forward to getting into the prophets because yes. I think that's probably the section of scripture that I'm the least 
familiar with, I think. Mm -hmm. Isaiah lines up so with excited. everything you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's the judge and he's faithful. Yeah. And in Isaiah 1, starting in 18, come let us settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are scarlet, they will be white as snow. They are the, though they're crimson red, they'll be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. He's saying, here you go. Like, I'm going to give you this. It's just there. They just had to take it. God's yeah. grace is there for the taking. This week felt really like all of the passages were completely woven together. But then the thing that you are mentioning too, Isaiah describes him as the God of armies, mm. which I love that title. And it makes me think of what your perspective was like that God's going to fight for you and smite them on our behalf. Yeah. Yes. That's the <laughs> Those are the words I was looking for. Yeah. I feel like um, Psalm 51 really spoke to me in relation to what I'm like, I talked about last week learning to come out into the open with him that all of that, that it's all numbered and he sees it all. And then this week, I feel like he's teaching me that he is my defender at the beginning of the week. As he was teaching me that I was thinking about it in terms of, he sees my perspective, even though other people can't see it, he sees my perspective and he will defend me kind of like Moses mm -hmm. or against Miriam and, and Korah and all um, that he knows my heart and he'll defend me. He sees all my sins and they're all numbered and he still wants me out in the open and he still thinks I'm beautiful and he still, he adores my tear stained pink cheeks. That's all not just cool with him, but he loves that I'm letting him see those things. Mm -hmm. So thinking about like God is my defender, that transition, I think in Psalm 51 from like God is my defender because my perspective is just God is my defender because all the things that I can't see about my perspective that are off, like all of those things mm -hmm. that I can't see that, that other people can see so clearly, <laughs> like he sees what he sees it for what it actually is. It's all there. Like all of the things that I've done wrong and all of the things that, that I don't deserve defending for, he sees all of those things. So like learning to live out in the open with him, but also to hide in him, that hiding in him, mm -hmm. I think is the part that I'm getting. Some of the words from Psalm 51 that I love are where it says, Generous mm -hmm. in love, God give grace, huge in mercy, wipe out my bad record, scrub away my guilt, soak out my sins in your laundry. I know how bad I've been. My sins are starting me, staring me down. And some of these mm -hmm. things, my Psalm to him changes as I read it, you know, where it's more like, I don't know how bad my sins are in this. I actually can't see where I've gone wrong, but you can see all of that and you still clean it, whether I know what they are or not that continuing to come before him and continuing to let it all be known, but also trusting that the things that I don't know, he does know. Soak me in your laundry and I'll come out clean and scrub me and I'll have a snow white life. Tune me in to foot trapping songs, set the once broken bones to dancing. Don't look too close to blemishes. I just love that idea that he'll soak me in his laundry, that he'll clean the things that I can't clean. He'll do the things that he needs to do. And I still wrestle with what do I have to do and how much do I just wait on you to do, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That active versus passive role in our growth. Yeah. Anyway, Psalm 51 was really good. And then Isaiah, we hit Isaiah six today, right? Isaiah six reminds me of 
Isaiah's response to God when he comes before God and he realizes that he's not, I am unworthy and yet here I am looking God in the face. And then he gets touched by the coal and all of his sins are made wiped clean. And then he immediately says, I'll go send me. I mean, obviously that's like probably one of the most popular parts, but that makes me think of in numbers. So they came back and they're talking about like how the land is so full of fruit and honey, but then like people start to spread these rumors about how big they are and how scary the people that are the Amalekites and everybody are. And so they don't want to go and take the land. But Caleb's response is, um, Caleb interrupted, called for silence before Moses and said, let's go up and take the land. Now we can do it. He saw the promise. What is to come if they trust God to do the work? I just love it. Caleb's willingness to go and trust God, mm-hmm. regardless of all the rumors and all of the things that were standing against them. I feel like Isaiah's courage. I admire their, mm-hmm. their courage. Yeah. I don't feel very courageous right now. So there are certain passages that are stuck in my brain that I will probably say over and over, like the Job thing. And I said already today that he remembers that we're dust. Those are things that always come up. But the other one, and I know I've said this on podcasts before, is that his presence is my good. And that is what I thought of a few times in Psalm 52, especially at the end. I'm like a flourishing olive tree in the house of God. I trust in God's faithfulness forever and ever. I will praise you forever for what you've done in the presence of your faithful people. I will put my hope in your name for it is good. There are just certain phrases. That's the thing. That's kind of like what we talk about when we do our dive studies, asking the Holy Spirit to guide you as you're reading and he'll like, things will stick out to you. I'm sure like, as my life goes on, there will be different phrases. There are certain phrases right now that are stuck in my head that I'm filtering everything through. And so those are those things that God's reminding me. And so he uses other parts of his word to pop those into my head. I love that. God's presence is my good. That is the May 8th episode of The Recap. We will see you next week. If you enjoyed this discussion and maybe you're wondering how to get more highlights out of your own scripture reading, you might be interested in joining our in-depth dive studies where we model our process of inductive Bible study. You can find out more at divecollective.org under the studies tab, and we will see you next week.